Welcome to MSTAR students. We are glad you are joining for today's message. For more information about the ministry, visit our Instagram page and search MSTAR students. Now here's today's message. So there's a woman. And this woman is laying ill in her bed. She's had a fever for quite some time and it just doesn't seem to break. And her son-in-law and her friends and, and the one who has been teaching all day come into the household and the one who's been teaching notices and sees that she's not feeling well, that she's in bed with this fever and no one knows how much time she has. She could die from this fever. They're not entirely sure. And so this guy, the one goes up to, him, goes up to the woman, touches her and she's by miracle healed. And she starts serving him. And word gets around, not just because of the miracle that just happened in the household, but because of also what happened while he was teaching. When he commanded a demon to come out of a man, and everyone is talking about this. Everyone is lining up at the door. Day, throughout the night, this one man is praying. He's healing. Miracles are happening. More people are getting healed. More demons are coming out of people. But then the next day comes. And there's a line of people again waiting for him to start healing. But he says, it's time for me to go. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for tonight, Lord. We acknowledge you being here tonight. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you just use me as a vessel to speak truth into not just my life, but to everyone's in here tonight, Lord God. God, I pray that we come to know you more than just some, some attributes that we hear, but that we get to know you as the, who you are fully as God. And sometimes that's even hard for us to comprehend. That's the mystery of who you are, God. But in the time that we have here, I pray that we never forget who you are, why you came, and we praise you for everything that you have done in our lives, not just here, but for the rest of eternity. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Alright, so welcome. Who's new here tonight? Who's here? Who's new? Who's new? Don't be shy. Alright, Grace is new. I got to meet Grace. What's your name, buddy? Billy. Nice to meet you, Billy. Glad you guys are here. Uh, so we are in week five of our series, Exploring Mark. And so if you're new or if you haven't been here for a little while, let me just summarize what's been going on. We've been looking, um, we started off this series by looking at the author of this book, Mark. And we saw how he went from someone who was a coward for preaching the gospel message to being courageous for preaching the gospel message. And we also learned that he was a close friend of Peter, who Peter was a very close friend and disciple of Jesus, one of the inner twelve that Jesus spoke with and hung around with. And then we opened up Mark's book, and the first thing that we read is that Mark says that Jesus is the Son of God. And that throughout the Scriptures, we're going to see Him prove this claim to be true. And that one of the things we have to wrestle with in our life, whether we've already done it, whether we do it during this series or after this series, some point we have to come to the conclusion, is Jesus Son of God or not at all? And then we saw Jesus get baptized. And we saw this epic battle between good and evil, between Satan and Jesus. And we saw where Satan wanted to tempt Jesus to bow down to him, to give in to personal desires, to justify his actions. And Jesus said, no, none of this. 
And because of victory through Jesus Christ, we too can have victory against the evil one. And then last week we saw Jesus for the first time come into the scene. And people have been hearing about Him. People have been hearing about Him preach a little bit. And He comes to four individuals coming in from fishing after not catching anything. And Jesus says, come follow Me. And we must decide if we are going to follow Him. And if we are going to follow Him, we must decide, are we going to count the cost for His kingdom as a disciple and as a follower? And so with that quick summary, we are in Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 29. If you have a Bible or a Bible app with you. Guys, we're almost done with chapter 1. Only 15 more to go. Here we go. All right. Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 29. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. So at this point, the town of Capernaum is Going crazy. Jesus has already did did a miracle in the synagogue. He's doing more miracles here. If they had cell phones in modern day, everyone would be getting breaking news. Miracle worker in Capernaum. Yeah, right? Some people would probably be taking Instagrams and Snapchat photos like, I'm here. This is what's happening. You've got to come here. It is, Jesus is lit. I don't know if I used that correctly there or not, but he is lit right now. Perfect. <laughs> he is lit and on fire. And his... Disciple, not that, that's not what I meant. (laughs) And his disciples at this point are like, glad we gave up fishing at this point. Man, we didn't catch anything, but here Jesus is a celebrity. And if Jesus is a celebrity, that means we're celebrities too. This is awesome. And we could read verse 34 and think, wow, Jesus, he's all about the miracles. But we don't end at 34. What if I told you the the central theme of Jesus' ministry isn't about just His miracles? What if I told you there's more to Him than that? Let's read verse 35 through 39. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, He departed and went out to a desolate place. And there He prayed. And Simon and those who were with Him searched for Him. And they found Him and said to Him, Everyone is looking for you. And he, Jesus, said to them, Let us go. If you're following along, circle or highlight, underline the phrase, Let us go. On to the next towns, that I may preach. Circle, highlight, underline, that I may preach. There also, for that is why I came out. Circle, highlight, underline, why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. I'll be honest with you guys. This has probably been the toughest message so far I've had to put together. If you remember back in the beginning when I talked about there are going to be times we're going to read Scripture and we need to wrestle it out with God and be, what's up with this, God? 
What's going on here? And the reason I had such a hard time with this is because I read the Scriptures and and I think, what about everyone else? What about everyone? That's awesome that everyone else is healed. And they went out and told their friends and said, you got to come meet this guy. you got to talk to him. He can heal you. And they're there. And you say it's time to go. Let's take it on a personal, practical level. Maybe you know someone who's been sick for a while, and you saw someone get healed. And you think, God, why, why isn't this person being healed? That's one of the toughest questions sometimes we have to ask ourselves. Or we ask ourselves and we ask God, why why is this happening? And, and maybe you heard this, this lie before. I, I, I was told personally, well, you just got to believe and you got to have faith and you got to pray, 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 and you just got to believe. And if you don't believe, believe harder. And if they're not healed, it means you didn't have enough belief or faith. That's very damaging. Because there was a point in my life when my grandmother was sick. And she had cancer. And I was praying over and over. And I was fairly new as a Christ follower at this point. And so I'm praying over and over. People are like, you just got to believe, have faith. Just keep believing, have faith. And I'm praying. And I'm thinking, did I not have enough faith? Did I not believe enough? Is it my fault that my grandmother's dead? Let me, let me, let me put it this way and try to explain what I'm talking about here. While God can heal, while God can perform miracles, we must never assume that He will. While God can heal, we must never assume that He will. Let me, let me give you an example. How many of you guys watched the Super Bowl this past weekend? Okay, how many of you, and let's be honest, how many of you believed that the 49ers were going to win? Alright, alright. So, so here, here's the thing. Here, so here's why I believe the 49ers were going to win. Based off the evidence that was in front of me, they had a better defensive team. They knew how to control the ball. They knew how to run the, the clock down very well. Did I know that Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs can score touchdowns very quickly, yes, but I thought the 49ers' defense would hold them off. So I, based off that evidence, believed the 49ers were going to win. Unfortunately, they didn't. So congratulations to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, now, what's the difference between me believing based off the evidence that I had versus assuming that they won? If I just assumed that they were going to win, I'd be wearing 49ers gear that says Super Bowl champs. And you'd be like, you're crazy. What are you doing right now? The game hasn't even played. How can you assume this is going to happen? No, they won it. It's in the bag. And that's not true right there. Here's something I want to say. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of sin, and not necessarily our personal sins, now there are some, unfortunately, because of personal sins, they they led into a destructive path, but in generality, because of the sin curse, that's the first blank there, because of the sin curse, 
Everything in this earth, from our bodies to the pets that we own to nature itself, is withering away until Christ comes again. And this is a struggle. This is, this is tough. And, and, and one of the things we need to know, as again, let me preface that. I, I'm not saying up here that I don't believe in miracles. I do believe in miracles. I've seen miracles happen in itself. Just a couple weekends ago, Vanessa was praying for someone at winter retreat over their knee. And in five minutes, her, that girl's knee was healed. So I'm not here to say that miracles don't happen. I'm not saying I don't believe that miracles don't happen. What I'm saying is that's not the central part of Jesus' ministry. And that sometimes, even though we may not understand it, the pain of seeing someone go hurts. But God's goodness and God's love can help us through that pain and through that sorrow. And He can make what seems like a bad situation into a good situation. Because Joseph said something one time to his brothers back in Genesis, that what you meant for evil, I meant for good. And all this evil that happens and all the sin that happens and all the sad things we see when people that we love pass away, God can make that for good. And that good comes in the hope and believing in His salvation and that He is going to come back and make all things new. Revelation 21, verses 4-5 through reads, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And so if we go back to the text of Mark, Jesus is making it clear that he doesn't just want the miracles to be the central point of his ministry. Instead, we are to take miracles that happen as confirmation of his authority. Here I said, when miracles happen, we take that as confirmation, as His authority, as Him being the Messiah. And He also tells us that we need to trust and believe in what He is saying. I listened to a pastor. He, he, he said this. He said, we shouldn't chase the miracles, but we should chase after the message. We shouldn't chase the miracles, but we should be chasing after the message. If you go back to verse 22 in Mark chapter 1 from last week, it says the following, And they were astonished at His teaching. Circle, highlight, or underline the phrase, astonished at His teaching. For He taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. See, what Mark is saying here, that first, everyone was astonished at the authority that, of Jesus' teaching. He had them. He's like, like, I wish I had some of you right now. <laughs> oh, I got your attention. All right. But then at one point, because of the miracles that were happening, they were not no longer responding to his teachings and message. They were responding to his miracles. And they're like, ooh, I want that. Give me, give me. I want that. Forget what you're saying. I know you're saying I need to love my enemies and I need to put God first and I need to do all these things. But you know what? I just want those miracles. Give me those miracles, God. And 
And, and we need to understand, we need to recognize that we can't allow the experience we have with God to dictate our relationships, our relationship with Him. We can't allow the experiences we have with God to dictate our relationships with Him. Let me give you an example. For me personally, my wife and I, have, Rachel, have been married for a little over a year now. And over in this first year, we've had some great experiences, we've had some pretty tough experiences, and we had some experiences in the middle. But because of those experiences, that doesn't mean I don't love her less or more. I still love her. And the same thing is true for you guys who have friendships. You have friendships that have been great. You've had some friendships where there's been a tough season and everything in the middle. But you guys still are friends, not based off of the experience because of the bond and the fellowship you guys have built together. And one of the things we need to recognize is that we can't just see God as something useful in our life. God is worthy of our lives. God isn't, someone, isn't some being who is just useful of our life. He is someone who is worthy of our life. And, and this is what it means for each one of them. For God to be useful in our, in our lives means that we see God to get our own personal gains. Remember what I talked about last week. It's not the kingdom of Mike Kubis. It's not the kingdom of destiny. It's not the kingdom of Anthony. It's not the kingdom of Emma or Emma or Dakota or Michael. It's the kingdom of God. And we must humble ourselves and commit to following everything that His kingdom says. And if we're all about, give me, give me, God, I think this is what... Hmm. This is what frustrates me sometimes, is that people will invoke the name of Jesus Christ to get their own personal gain, to get their own personal wealth, to make themselves look great. They'll play the role of a character as a Christian just to get what they want. But the moment things get tough, the moment God tells them to surrender, they're like, peace. I'm turning my back to you when in reality they should be on their knees. We should be on our knees humbly going to God and saying, everything is surrendered to you. And there's some of you, maybe in this room or whoever's listening to this audio later, there's some of you, you've witnessed the miracles happen before. You've had great experiences with God. You've seen loved ones healed. You've seen broken relationships restored. And you still don't trust and believe in God. And I must ask you, what more does God need to do to confirm His authority and reality to show you that He is trustworthy to follow? To believe God is worthy of our lives means that we hold God more important than everything else in our lives. We, have, we may have great friends. We may have great relationships. We may have an awesome boyfriend or girlfriend. If you're dating, you probably shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> um, that's another sermon for another day. Anyways, um, you may be great in, in sports and different activities. You may have all these great things, but none of them should be above how important your life is to God. And here's the thing, those who think of God as worthy of their lives, who give all praise to them, their entire lives are surrendered to them. 
They praise His glorious perfection and they praise His redeeming mercy which is found through Jesus Christ for what He did on the cross for us. Do you know that God, He sent His only Son for you? Think about that for a moment. There is someone who personally died for you. Forget everyone else in the room. Oh, yeah, yes, he died for Destiny. Yes, he died for Taylor. Yes, he died for Vincent. But you know what? He also died for me. And maybe you're in this room and you struggle with that. Like, God, I, I get it. You died for everyone else. But me, you don't know what I've done. But he does. And that's why he said, I'm still going to die for you because I love you. I want to be in communion with you the rest of the eternity. I just need you to trust and believe and obey in what I have done for you. And so one of the biggest things I want us to get away from, get away from this is that, yes, Jesus does miracles. But that's not all who Jesus is. Jesus is calling us to rely on Him as our Lord and Savior to be obedient and trustworthy into Him. And believe, yes, that He can come through and that miracles will happen. And if sometimes those things don't happen, we can still praise Him and be tr- and know that He's trustworthy and say, Lord, You're the Lord of my life. I don't understand this season. I don't understand this dark time. But you know what? You're going to make this pain, this suffering, this evil that is happening into something good. And so we're going to go into a time of worship now. And there's actually going to be a song, one of the next songs we're going to be singing. And it actually says that Jesus is a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. And he, He's someone who lights up the darkness. And all those things are true. But there's more to Him than just that. Number one, He's the great I Am. He was, he's the one who was, who is, and who is to come back again. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's the one who can provide all things. He's the one who can protect us all. He's the one who loves us so much. That He wants to drastically see our lives be transformed. Not because of what we do, but because of His loving grace and salvation through Jesus Christ. Let's pray, guys. Father God, I just thank You again here for tonight, Lord God. I thank You for every student here. God, I know there are students who are going through some tough times right now whether it's a loved one sick or them, they themselves who are battling with some uh, anxiety and depression and mental illness, God. And we're seeking for a miracle. We believe in the miracles to happen. God, I pray for any struggles that these students may be dealing with Just give them a sense of peace, Lord God. Let them know that you are trustworthy to follow. God, I I pray that these students believe that you are trustworthy to follow, no matter the circumstances, no matter the experiences that happen in our lives, Lord God. 
what Satan, what the enemy is trying to use for evil, for to discourage us to not follow you. God, you're, you're using it for your greater good. And God, while there are so many attributes of who you are, and it's so hard to even comprehend everything that you do for us and everything of who you are, Lord God. God, I pray. I pray, even though we will never understand or comprehend everything of who you are, and we can try to put little attributes to try to explain who you are, God. Out of all this, I, I pray that we believe that you truly are our Lord and Savior. That we just don't come to you for our own personal gain, but we surrender our lives knowing that it is worthy to surrender our lives to you, Jesus. God, we give you the glory and honor in everything that you're doing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We hope you're encouraged and equipped by this message. For more messages like these, download the Spotify app and search MSTAR Students Ministry. Have a great week, and we hope you join us again.